kind of has me, if I asked you just general thoughts before we get to the phones and, and lay out all of this new NIL kind of, I, I keep saying NIL rules. It's a bill that's been authored between Republicans and Democrats. I mean, it's a, it's a bipartisan bill, which is kind of, kind of impressive. Before we get to that, if I were to get your take on Joe Milton and Tennessee, where do you stand on the Vols? Do you see them as a legit championship contender, or do you think they slide back a bit this year? I, I think they slide back a tad. I still think Joe Milton's a pretty good quarterback to what he showed in the Orange Bowl, but that's just, that's just one game. We need to see more out of Milton. Mm. I think, but o- offensively, I think they should be fine. Yeah, I, I am, I'm intrigued. I know on Tuesday. Whenever Pierce and I talked about it, I was I was starting to slide back a little bit. But then I dug deeper. I was reading Phil Steele's, which whew, you want to talk about information overload. I I was reading Phil Steele's breakdown in Tennessee, and even though they've they're replacing a lot, they've they've got some dudes. They've got some dudes and a fairly manageable schedule this year. That's the thing too, yeah. Their schedule looks pretty good and definitely doable. Brew McCoy's back, healthy. Jalen Wright's back. Joe Milton III. But we always have a guy that we always have a guy that we talk about as a Heisman contender that has a big bowl game and we lose our mind about him, and then it just never really materializes. We, you know, we try, we, try we, we have we have some we have someone similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Anyway, I just I'm, I'm intrigued to see by how Joe Milton continues to progress. We've seen this, right? The I mean, arm, the arm talent team. is there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Drew has checked in before we dive into this NIL law. Four zero five three two nine nine thousand Riverwind Casino jackpot line. What's going on, Drew? Man, man, I have I have the greatest what if in center football history. I, I'm hearing all this negative ones, like if we'd have done this, if we'd have done oh, that. Hold on, I'm happened. an idiot. Hold on a second, True. I'm an idiot. Okay. I thought Connor said Drew. <laughs> it's about True. Okay. I'm a freaking <laughs> moron today. What's going on, True? How are you? I'm sorry. I've been I've been called worse things, believe me. Uh, but okay, so in 1998, after OU goes, after John Blake goes 12 and 22 in his three years at Oklahoma, right? His three seasons. There was a board meeting, obviously, down in Norman to decide if he would get a fourth year or not. And, if, and you know, it's been, whatever, it's been 30, 23, 25 years ago now or whatever it's been. So the way I understand it, that vote came down to one or two votes. Have you heard that before? I mean, he almost got, he almost got a fourth year. Well, okay, okay, let, let me, I don't know, but I had always been, I had always been told that that decision was Joe's. And, J- Joe, if you're listening, I'm wrong, let me know. But I had always been told that, hey, it wasn't necessarily – it was the first thing that they had empowered. It's like, hey, you you, you get to make the decision on, on the next direction of the football program. So if there was well, a board meeting, that would be news to me. But I love that as far as some sort of wives' tale with it. Let's go. Well, there was a meeting, and okay. I remember, I remember, I remember some guys, local guys, Al, some of those guys talking mm-hmm. about it. 
and there was definitely a meeting, and they had just come off. They, they had gone down. To, what, what kind of clouded the situation was on the last game of the season, they had gone down to Lubbock and upset Texas Tech. So they, you know, they finished five and six or whatever it was. So they won three games the first year, four games the second, and five games. So they would have been right. bowl eligible. They would have been bowl eligible if they had not if they had a won one more game that year. They beat Texas Tech. So that's what I, I I understood. Now you may be right. It may be a just just have been formalities as far as this meeting go. But just just for the hmm. fun of it, or the not fun of it. Uh, <laughs> Just imagine if they had, if they'd have gotten that vote. Where would, what would the tw- next twenty five years have been if John Blake had gotten that vote? Because because he would have gotten fired the next year or the year after. But but you know Stoops obviously would not have been available a year or two later, right? No, no, no. He if Bob Stoops wasn't hired, uh, and again, Coach Stoops, text me if you think this is wrong. If Bob Stoops isn't hired by Oklahoma in nineteen ninety nine, he's probably the head coach at Iowa in nineteen ninety nine. I mean that's that literally was you know Iowa then made its decision that it made but i i just i think that's a hell of a what if you know I, let me tell you one what if i got true since you're on here this is a good one okay uh i i had reached out to a couple of people and if they and i well, just sooner lisa said one of my biggest what ifs what if bob stoops didn't retire what if after they won that sugar bowl he had said i got baker mayfield for another year you know i i can I can make this defense work. We've got some dudes here. I'm going to stick around. Then, I mean, you might end up losing Lincoln to somewhere like Houston, or he might have taken another head coach's job, right? But, right. it, right. I mean, it, it might have inevitably led to Bob retiring eventually, but it could have been a transition straight to Brent Venables at that point, right? I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. But it's a hell of a what if whenever you're thinking about the last 10 to 20 years of OU football. You know what, you know what, Chris, here's the deal where I'm at with all that. You know, Venables, I don't know if that was awful close to him uh, when he left. You know, I mean, I, I was four or five years removed or whatever. But, but man, i, I got to be honest with you. I, mean, I might be in the minority here, but mm-hmm. I'm, more com- I'm more comfortable with where we are with Brent right now that I'm kind of glad that, I mean, I, I think we're all going to be happy that everything went down like it did Uh Ten years from now, when we're looking back, I think we're going to be happy because I think we're in a really—I mean, I—I I can't imagine. Uh oh, sounds like we oh, lost no. you. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think your cell phone cut. I appreciate it. See, I, it's funny. My—that was my very so. Just kind of backtrack a little bit. If you're just tuning in in the show. We're not doing, like, old-school football talk here, but we got caught up in y'all know my favorite topic, what-ifs. And when True brings up 98, man, I I remember being somebody, because I had literally just started, Connor. I 97, the summer of 97 was my first year at 1430, summer of 97. And, and I started running a Saturday show. I had a Saturday block of shows, and I would do Driller and Cardinal games. Now, obviously, for someone that had just spent a lot of money and had a lot of debt out of college, not the best way to go in making minimum wage and then volunteering to produce and be on shows. But Don King was kind enough to make sure that I got a little little piece of the action for the Saturday shows. And I'll, I'll never forget, it was always such a, oh, my gosh, people are calling the show back in those days. Like, you're calling. You're, oh, look at this. You're calling. And I remember... I did that for about a year, 
And that summer after the 98 season, I don't remember a lot from the 90s. I sure as heck don't remember a lot from, uh, you know, the mid-90s. But for some reason, that because it was the first time we would do the Saturday show, we called it the Saturday Sports Spectacular. We had a golf show that was on. Bo Belcher did a golf show on a Saturday. I would call my roommate Robert Harris, and we would do a bookie report because – well, at that time, Bob was allegedly involved in wetting the beak a little bit. My buddy Jeremy Bunch would come on, and we talked football. And I'll never forget just how hot of a topic that was, whether or not John Blake should get another year. And, and the players were in support of him getting another year. It's wild to think back about it now. And John, may he rest in peace, to his credit, they won three of their last four games in, in, in the way that they had recruited, right? They made it pretty tough because of the class that they had coming in. And then what 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 would Oklahoma football look like if that did happen? I know. Who knows, right? Maybe maybe it it struggles in 99 and it never returns to what it was. It's a great what if. It's you know, I I it's gosh, we've got to get to this NIL story. I keep promising and we're not delivering, but you know, I I can't help but wonder about some of the what-ifs with the places that wanted Bob, right? What if Cleveland, what if the Browns had been able to persuade him? Ohio State, what if Florida? You know, the Florida one was really – and, again, I'm not ever going to speak for Bob Stoops, but it really close, really, really close from everything that was out there. My man Dino had percentages for us. By the way, shouts out. I got the big follow last night, Connor Pasby on Twitter.com. Dean Blevins finally followed wow. me. Wow. How about there. that? We're getting there. Now, the only, the only person that I, that is left to follow me. Well, actually, there's a few. Uh, Cur- uh, Curtis hasn't followed me yet. Curtis Fitzpatrick and neither has, uh, Bob Prisbillo for some reason. Bob is on the he's on the list though. He gets about two more days and I have to unfollow. And I might even add a I might add a block into it as well. But no, in all seriousness, you know, Dean was camped out on his freaking front yard for goodness sakes. It's it's wild to kind of look back and just think about from when John Blake was relieved of his duties and they had that it the way True remembered a couple of you on the text line that Regents meeting and they had made the decision that they were going to go in another direction. And then, you know, I, <laughs> Steelman might not remember this. Steely, if you do, let me know. But Franchoni, Stoops, and Jim Donnan were the big candidates. And I'll never forget Steely did one of his songs that instead of Jim Dandy to the rescue, it was Joe Donnan to the rescue. Um, or Jim Donnan to the rescue. And it was the catchiest damn thing I'd ever heard in my life. Every song was like, Jim Donna to the rescue. And, and, you know, Steely's freaking brilliant. So I had all these words that made sense. But, you know, you just you kind of think about the coaching, like how we blessed Oklahoma and lucky they were with Bob Stoops because of how he was always the program guy. And even though these places called in the end, it was pretty happy here. And in 98, thankfully the vote didn't go the way that would have given John another year. No offense to Coach Blake and those players, but you just never know how that would have worked. Never do. Uh, all right. Next segment, dude. We've got to we we got to do it. We got we got to get to it. Okay, we have to. It's a story. It's breaking this morning. But uh, y'all run this show. 
So, Dave, you get the last word before a break. Welcome to the Plank Show. What's going on, Dave? Good morning. So What's up, Dave? I got, a, I got a what if for you. Oh, my gosh. What if go. Snellenberger doesn't tell R.W. McCorders to turn his hat around and he comes to OU? That whole season could have been quite different. Boy, our dub was something else, wasn't he? He, he? I hate to say it about an OSU player, but he's a difference maker. He was big time. He did everything. He punt returns, and he even would have helped the basketball team. But but the big thing is, is I really think OU's football season would have been different. It might not have been as easy to fire Schnellenberger, and we had to get him out of there quick. Yeah, yeah. Before he I, killed I, Yeah, I, I wonder, Dave, you know, the – Oh, my daughter just ran in here. Is all looking, everything okay? I, this is what happens when I do the show from home, Dave. You get people running in and out like crazy. Um, I, I wonder if even with our dub, if that would have been enough to say how much of a train wreck that was under Schnelly, right? I mean, that was rest in peace, Howard Schnellenberger. I mean, looking back, he was telling guys that they couldn't drink water. I mean, it was it was a hot I, mess. I know, but, but I'm just saying a pick six here. A punt return there. I mean, you know, we've won and lost games on punt returns. Two OSU. Very true. You know, I mean, it's just uh, he's that big a player. And uh, I've always wondered, would we have been able to get rid of Snellenberger, which is what we needed to happen so that we could move forward. But, thanks for the anyway, call. Thanks, thanks, Dave. Appreciate the phone call. Um so anyway, just just because I'm all about getting things right, uh, I had a great friend just text me, super secret textoso line. I say great friend. I wish I talked to him more. Um, but they said Connor going back to 19, it would either be 97 or 90. It'd be 98, right? That the board of regents meeting was televised on a Sunday night. What? <laughs> so true, true. I'm sorry. I don't know why I just blanked on that. Uh, so okay, then if 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 my recollection you gotta remember, I was twenty three years old, y'all. I was some young pup. I you wanna talk about some hot takes. Now I was spitting some fire back in twenty three. Um they televised it on a Sunday night and the final vote was four to two. Um and according to this, it was bizarre. You know, I, you know what I also remember? My buddy Dan O'Kane was a Tulsa World. He was the beat writer for OU. And I remember Eric Moore went off. And I don't remember if it was in 97 or 90, 98, but Eric Moore went off. And he printed it verbatim for what Moore said with all of the y'alls and the likes, like I said, you know what I'm saying. And it really, I mean, I, I was like, good. Good on him. He's sitting there pointing the finger at the media. Make sure that you're being as eloquent as you can be whenever you're making your case about how the media is misrepresenting things. So Dan was like, all right, well, here's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> so I, it was it was a very weird time, man. It was just a weird time. Yeah, and, the, the, the late 90s. You said it was televised. I wonder if I can go, go oh, back. Oh, we got to find it we got, somewhere. We got to find a way. We got to find it. That's got to be out there somewhere. Look what you've started on the show. <laughs> Look what you've started on the show today, True. This is your fault. Uh, all right. Um, I've got to get this in when we come back. 
the text line is on fire. Uh, True, this is your fault to take it to the next level, but I'm grateful for it because it's, it's wild. You don't, you don't realize in all of this harumph harumph about OU being under 500 this year, how long it's been since we've had to even think this way. It's a credit to Bob Stoops and how incredible he was and is. It's a credit to Joe Stiglione and his vision and those that said, Josie, you cook, man. You do your job. We'll stay out of it. It's a credit to those who have contributed and those who have invested in this program. I mean, it was it was not fun. I mean, you just tell me that a televised regents meeting <laughs> to decide the fate of a head coach? That is quite the time crazy. it was. Statewide too. And and now we're able to sit here and him and haw over well, how dare Michael Wilbon question Brent Fittimals versus Deion Sanders and things of this nature whenever we had a freaking Board of Regents meeting that was televised live. All right, quick break, quick break. When we come back, everything is is great on the text line. Everything's been great on the phones, 405-329-9000. But, listen, there is potential seismic shift-changing news in the world of NIL. And let's quickly bullet point for you next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. <laughs> My man Craig hit me up on the super secret Textoso line and said you could literally do a whole day on what ifs. Think about what if Brent Venables never left in 2011, right? And that's a that's oh, a layered yeah. what if, right? That's a layered what if. What does that mean for for uh, Clemson? What does that mean for Clemson, right? It's a major, major what if. That's a good one. Anyway, we'll get back to that here in a second. I want to let's hit the big stories that are going on in sports right now. Obviously, it is it is the talking season in college football. Um, Lane Kiffin, you know, we caught a little bit of Lane Kiffin's comments during uh, what hour one is that right? Just a little segment, segment two, hour one. But we missed his opening statement in which he called the current state of NIL and the transfer portal a disaster. Now, you want to go back to crutchy shows that we had two weeks ago on a Friday, Connor. I think you were in with me. I think you were. Yeah, yeah. Because I was at the casino. I was at Riverwind Casino. And we got into a conversation about, all right, what's worse for college football? What's more concerning for the state of college athletics? Is it NIL or is it the transfer portal? Here's Lane Kiffin basically saying, yeah, they're both a disaster. (laughs) Well, at the very least, it looks as if this morning that Congress is making its next attempt. On the heels of Greg Sankey this week saying the only thing, the only thing that we need right now or the thing we need right now is Congress to intervene. Quote, and I was trying to find the audio much better to hear him than me, but here we go. If states will not enforce the laws and states are going to prohibit the NCAA or conferences from enforcing these reasonable policies, congressional action is the the only way to provide a national uniform standard for name, image, and likeness activity and to draw the lines around the boundaries that that it not become simple pay for play. So here we go. This morning, three U.S. senators a Republican and two Democrats 
have uh, released a bipartisan discussion draft of federal legislation that would standardize name, image, and likeness nationally while providing college athletes medical protections. So there's, there's a lot in there. I mean, that's just, that is a mouthful of issues that college has been dealing with. Taking care of their players after graduation, uh, NIL, and having a standardized rule. Now, let's be honest. This is pretty surprising to get entities from different sides of the aisle to come together on anything. In fact, when Ross Dellinger broke the story this morning for Yahoo Sports, which I guess uh, Ross is at Yahoo now, he called it a stunning alliance that such a bipartisan partnership could signal positive movement. In the statement, uh, that I don't do, do people care? Do we even know? It's a, a Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut, Jerry Morin uh, from Kansas, and Cory Booker from New Jersey. I think Booker tried to run for president last time around. Anyway, uh, in a statement, they said, quote, it's a milestone step forward for college athletes. They need a level playing field with guarantees of economic opportunities, educational outcomes, and essential health care. So here were the notes that I made. Uh, because this is what this is what at least I caught. Basically, you would have a group called the College Athlete Protection Compensation uh, Protection and Compensation Act. Oh, that's the name of the law. The group is called the College Athletics Corporation. And who regulates it? A 15-member board, which basically would be provided with subpoena power. So in other words, it's almost like a legal arm of the NCAA. College, it's basically a playoff of the College Athlete Bill of Rights and the Amateur Athletes Protection and Compensation Act, which Senator Moran and then Senators Blumenthal and Booker had had put together. Now, Senator Moran had put together the Athletes and uh, the Amateur Athlete Protection and Compensation Act of 2021. Blumenthal and Booker, the Democrats, put together the College Athletes Bill of Rights. This seems to be the three coming together and try to help find a way to get it done. Now there's it, it's it's not there's nothing really that jumps out and says, okay, they got this, this is this, this is right, this is wrong. It it's up for debate. Right, I saw Shannon Terry today that basically said, in his mind, he's the on-three guy, Shannon Terry basically said, yeah, this is more than anything else a way to protect the, the money of, of, of the universities and those involved. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't dug that deep into it to be able to tell you the, the ins and outs, the if, ands, or buts of it, but that, that seems to be a pretty, what's the best way to put it, pretty veiled shot at the way that this thing has been put together. In fact, uh, he said it should be renamed the Keep All Revenue Act of 2023. It would, in some ways, I guess, have things that we need. Have things that we need. Like, for instance, if you are not drafted after declaring for a professional draft, well, let me rephrase that. Let me let me get this right. 
the bill permits underclassmen to enter a professional draft and then retain their eligibility if they return to schools within seven days of the draft ending and don't receive compensation from a sports league team or agent. Now, that's, again, that has nothing to do with NIL in this bill, or bill. That's about athletes' rights, but that is a fascinating angle to this. So if, if they don't get drafted, they can come back and that's not, right. not lose a year of eligibility? That's right. That, okay. That's right. That's right. Uh, they'll, well, they'll not lose an el- a year of eligibility. They'll retain it. So in other words, right. okay. if you leave – if you leave after your junior season and you don't get dra- or you don't get drafted by a team that you like or where you want to go, then you can come back, which is fascinating. Fascinating. It, I mean, you want to talk about putting the NFL in a pickle. Oh, yeah. If I'm, if I'm colleges and you want to start having the NFL or the NBA work with you more, there you go. I, now, now, I don't know there's always unintended comp- uh, consequences of things like that, but – that is fascinating. I feel that like that, is, and that would be that would be a great thing for college athletes. The other, the, the NIL part of this is basically it would preempt state law and protect the NCAA to create the rules to enforce this bill. So, in other words, this is saying, yeah, well, it's legal to do that where you live and where your university is. But not only is the NCAA, or I guess whatever you want to call this entity, the overriding power, but now this College Athletics Corporation and its 15-member board will have subpoena power. They'll have a bottom line in this more than anything else to me. I would just say it. We split too many responsibilities up. You probably see it in your job every single day, right? It, whether it's it's budget or not wanting to pay or whatever it is, there are too few people doing more than they should be doing. I worked for a company for 20 years who who had a slogan that was less is more, but they weren't talking about your responsibilities. They were talking about the amount of talking you should do right. on the air, right? Less is not more whenever it comes to what people that work within the NCAA, that work within just about any industry today do, right? So unless you're going to commit full-time personnel, this 15-member board, right, can be that. You can have 15 members on it, whatever, but you got to have at least a third of that. If you are really serious about this, then the NCAA grows its staff, or, or if it's not the NCAA, if it's a college athletics corporation, whatever it is, you have people whose full-time job is to manage this and maintain it. It's not a person who works at the NCAA, and in addition to doing this, they're also in charge of, the softball championships, and then in that, they also have the responsibilities of being an NCAA administrator. No, no, no. Your full-time job is this, and it's NIL. That, that's what you do. Your NIL regulation, you have yourself, and then you have – we can break it into regions if you want. East. Um, I, I think it would have to be – I think you would have to have four. Hell, you might do it for each conference, right? Good, yeah, yeah. Right? And that's their job. 
we we uh, again, it, none of this is going to work if it's oh, it's a fifteen member panel and hey, then we'll just have some different lawyers. No, no, no. It has to be people who that is their job. Their lone job is to enforce NIL, and you give them subpoena power. Yeah. So if they're if if this is, I'm sorry, I'm I'm rambling here, but if this is just, oh yeah, we're gonna have a committee and this committee's gonna come. To, no, no, no. Give me people. Give me bodies. Give me. The president of the NCA seems to be a guy that doesn't want the NCAA to go away. So if that's going to be the case, you got to commit more resources to this and not just make it, you know, a guy whose responsibility is NIL, but also in that he's in charge of, um, that's the best way to put it, whether or not your eligibility hearings. No, no, he's NIL. She's NIL. They, them, they, they're, they're NIL, and that's what they're in charge of. And the regulation and enforcement of this pay for play, and you can look at it: Are the players getting what they need? Are they is the follow through there, and is enticement? Because in this, the one thing that I did see, Connor, enticement is a major thing that they are not going to allow. And if you can find it, and if you can prove it, this would be that time when the hammer would be dropped. Right, and you mentioned you have 15 people involved with this, and each person will have a role in this thing on NIL. I, I just, I hope, I hope, in my personal opinion, that it isn't just, oh, yeah, so this person does, this is the associate director of eligibility, but they're also going to be on the NIL. No, 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 no. No, this is out of control. This is out of control. You, you don't, you don't want three different jobs. You need one, right. one job to focus on. Now, at certain places, it makes sense, right, in certain entities. I think for this, if you're serious about it, if we're entering an era to where this is going to be the case, then you gotta, you gotta go. You got, you got, you gotta commit the necessary man, women power to it. Because it's not going to work if it's just political speak. If it's just, we've, we've come together across the, uh, the, the party lines to make this a reality. That's awesome. I need my follow through. I need, I need my people. I need my personnel. And then in that, <laughs> Who's paying for it? Who's who's gonna pay for these extra people's salary too, right? Anyway, um, it's Plank Show. We're hanging out on a Thursday. Cavensgroup.com. Uh, Gary and the crew always grinding for you. 24-7, 365, investigation testing, water damage and drying, mold remediation and removal. Call Gary today, 405-573-3048 or for a free roof inspection. You got some hail. Check them out in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. All right, you want to roll through these NIL stuff uh, on the text line real quick, Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet, before we we get caught up? I, I guess, Connor, the point here is the bullet points – the bullet points for the College Athletes Protection and Compensation Act is that the NIL policy would preempt most, if not all, state NIL laws. It would create an NIL database for transparency and would grant the NCAA authority to create rules to enforce provisions in the act while affording the association legal protection athletes would follow what seems to be pretty permissive nil rules they would receive lifetime scholarships and long-term medical coverage though 
uh, through both their schools as well as an established medical trust. So it doesn't talk about employment or anything of that nature, like, hey, are you now an employee or not? But those are kind of the key bullet points, right? Right, and we got we got a text, uh, 918 says, quit saying they, them, please. We're talking about the College Athletes uh, Corporation. Sir, yep. ma'am, we need to be inclusive. <laughs> what are you doing here? Come on. Plank, <laughs> if the government is involved, we are paying for it. That is right. That is absolutely right. And here, But here's the thing. To me, because my point was last segment, you can't just have this being another responsibility for someone who's already employed. Right? This cannot be Johnny, Janny, Jamie, whomever. Been working for us. You've done a great job as the administrator for X Sport. I just wanted to tell you, uh, while still serving as the administrator for that sport, we're giving you a promotion, and now you're going to be in charge of what's this called? The College Athletes Corporation. All right, good luck. Good luck. Um, yeah, yeah worry about two jobs. Worry about two jobs. All right, let me, let me hit some of the best of this. Uh, Jesse G. Right, sounds like schools need to throw big bags this cycle to sign the best class possible before legislation kicks in. Right? I mean, that's that's absolutely right. Yeah, do it now. <laughs> um, the other part of this act that we haven't really talked about. Now, again, let's be very clear. This isn't law. This hasn't been pushed through. But there is an angle to this that would allow a player to return to school seven days after a draft if they don't hire an agent. Which, again, how would you even or take money from the league? I mean, how would you even... You can have agents now. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But this is this is an interesting angle from Frisco sooner on that. Right? So the university should reserve the right to either take them back or move on and void their scholarship. With the draft being so long after the season is over, it's not fair to coaches and teammates to hold them hostage while you pursue personal gains. That is true because it is a long process after the season is over and then leading up to the draft sooner soldier right so it's kind of like if i quit my job and can't find a new one you have to hire me back we are coddling kids too much and only setting them up for failure in the game of life well i I think each coach would handle this differently right i I really do and i think there's certain people that you know unless i'm just i can only think of one example here unless you're caleb williams and you're drafted by the raiders and you don't want to go to vegas you might say i'm gonna go back to school it really throws an incredible wrench for the NFL teams. And if I'm, you know, everyone has always talked about the NFL doesn't need college. They don't need this. They don't need that. They're fine with They don't care about college. Well, suddenly, I'm not going to, at least this is my initial reaction to it. And I may be way off. But my initial reaction to it is, huh, suddenly you kind of need the colleges a little bit, right? Because if this gets passed, it really puts teams in an absolute quandary. Now, the supplemental draft might become a bigger deal because of it. Who knows? I don't know. But, yeah, it's would, that would, would that, would that happen, though, if a kid, I mean, a top five pick in the draft and he can sense who he's getting <laughs> drafted by and he doesn't want to go there so he comes back to school? Either that or we'll have a, a heck of a, of a game being played in the media slash social media. Like Peyton Manning, or excuse me, Eli Manning did. Eli Manning made it clear he wasn't going to the Chargers, right? And and he's like, I'm not going to the Chargers. Well, now instead of just saying, I'm not going to the Chargers, I'm going to hold out, blah, 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 you could say, I'm not going to the Chargers, and if you draft me, I'm going back to college. 
I've got seven days after the draft. I haven't hired an agent. If, I'm going back to college if you draft me, right? So Fr- Frisco Sooner's point is, well, would you hold a scholarship for him? I think it would be a case-by-case basis. You know, maybe someone like – I think Brent Venables has been pretty open that yeah, he, he doesn't want guys opting out of bowl games. I think if I can just read between the lines to him, you're in with this team. I don't know if he would be a guy that if you declared – it's all right, man. Once you declare, you're you got a chance to come back. But again, it could be case by case. You know, some I think it would work well for people that I think it would work well for people that leave early and don't get drafted until like the fourth round. They might say, "Yeah, I got to come back." I, so, I don't. Sooner, Stephen mentions a good point. It's kind of I mean, it'd be somewhat similar to the MLB draft. I mean, that's what kids do: get drafted sure. late in the process and. They'd rather come back to school. Yeah. And by the way, a couple of different things on the Super Secret Textosa line. Um, this is the eight, about the seventh or eighth different iteration of this that we've, we've had, right? We brought this up earlier that both Senators Blumenthal and Booker, who are on the, the left side of this, they had the College Athletes Bill of Rights that they presented in August of 2022 and Senator Moran, who's on the right side of this, left, right, being politics, uh, he had the Amateur Athletics Protection and Compensation Act of 2021 that he introduced in February. So it, at least three men, people who have worked together on this, have come together. But this also doesn't necessarily have that, oh, yeah, we're going to take care of this being making you true employees. But it does leave that open. I mean, that door is open on this from the employment side of it. And, and I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, Travis. I'll have to think about it. Travis uh, hit us up. He thinks it would all but eliminate the fifth to seventh rounds of the draft. I don't know. I mean, not everyone that's drafted has eligibility left. I still think that it, it would make it harder whenever you're looking at a guy that is a junior that left early as opposed to someone who had expired their eligibility. But it would, at least in one part of this, it would set up the NFL to where, or at least specific teams, to where they would be more challenged if there is that chance you can go back to school after seven days. Yeah, and I feel, like, and I feel like it would affect the NFL draft a little I bit. I do, too. I do, too. All right, quick break. Uh, when we come back, text line's blown up, 405-651-3439. Someone from the 918 says Nick Benito would be a great example of that. You know, uh, maybe even Isaiah Thomas. I, yeah, maybe so. To where... They get drafted, and either they don't like where they're drafted or they feel like that they weren't taken where they thought they were going to be taken. They can go back. I know that, again, we've seen this. Baseball already has it. If I don't get my draft slot, I can go back to college, right? But in this instance, it's really kind of one of those to where you wonder, in the all-powerful NFL, how how do they fire back, right? They've never had to worry about working with anyone in the college ranks. Does this change that at all, or am I reading too much into it? We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. It's wild how the draft note on this is the one that everyone is intrigued by. Because how many how many top five picks, right? How about first overall picks? had exhausted their college eligibility when they went number one, right? Not many. 
No, there hasn't been many. I, I think I'm going back. I'm back to like 18. Uh, Baker and Burrow, right? Baker had exhausted his college eligibility. Joe Burrow had exhausted his college eligibility, and this was pre a COVID season. But, uh, I mean, it's a fascinating world. Now, if you're just tuning in and you've missed it, the new bill that's being authored by two Democrats and a Republican to try to present, hey, it, this is this is our way to fix NIL. In the non-NIL part of it, the bill permits underclassmen to enter a professional draft, retain their eligibility if they return to school within seven days of the draft, and don't receive compensation from a sports league team or agent. Now, I would have to think that in some ways you would have like a guarantee I mean, would there be a baseball side of it to where it'd be, oh, yeah, they, they've given a guarantee for this slot? Could there be, you know, someone brought this up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line that it could end up being a situation where you retain their rights? And, and then do they completely, if that's the case, will the NFL then just say, all right, well, we're, um, we're removing the rule that you have to be removed from high school for three years. Yeah, the, can, the NFL, I feel like, will we'll do something and get involved with this and make a decision on something. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, I I agree. I agree. And, and this is 9-8. The NFL could change the rules to where they couldn't enter until they're out of eligibility or the teams that draft them hold their rights like the NBA does. But how long are you allowed to hold their rights? I mean, and, and then is that something that you're willing to get into a legal battle over? I don't know. I don't know. It's a fascinating one. All right, we owe you the top five stories of the day. We'll do it next, plus some good stuff on the what-ifs from the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.